And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America, it is Red Eye Radio, and depending on which side of the country you're on or where, where you might be watching or when you might be listening, we say good evening or good morning. My name is Matt Murphy, and it is an honor to be in for Gary and Eric uh, as they have taken the day off, and I appreciate you being with us. Whatever amount of time you're able to give us, we're certainly appreciative of that. We've got much to do and much to discuss this evening. If you don't know who I am, and as a way of introduction, I say that I broadcast from Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. I've had the honor and opportunity on a couple of different occasions uh, to fill in for Gary and Eric when they take a little time off with family and friends. And it is always a pleasure to get into the Red Eye Radio seat uh, to and to enjoy a conversation all across America with you. Toward that uh, end, I'll give you the telephone numbers, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-907-3339, 866-90-RED-EYE. At any point during the proceedings, if you want to opine on issues brought up by me, uh, or if you have an issue that you think needs to be brought to the table, we invite uh, that level of conversation over the course of the evening into the morning. And there is much to discuss. You know, when I started this gig about 23 years ago, and that was, yeah, that's about right. When I started this about 23 years ago, uh, we got a little off time during the summer. Really, it wasn't until 2015 and when Donald J. Trump came on the scene and created uh, this mental uh a mental issue uh, that we know as Trump derangement syndrome that we we geared up mainstream media cycles where you really didn't have a break. Normally, this time of year, it's a little low um, in terms of uh, in terms of media stories. But that is not the case this year and hasn't been the case for some time. There's lots to discuss this summer as summer becomes fall. And before you know it, uh, the 2024 election cycle is uh, is up and running and it is geared up. The, I, I think part of the reason that we don't have a break, that we can't get a break from the media cycle. I mean, obviously, social media and the 24-hour nature of Internet uh, creates that lack of a break. But I think it's more than that. I think it's the manner in which the political left has changed. And and this is what I want to get to in the first hour of the show together, uh, because I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but there is a bit of a controversy involving a country music singer by the name of Jason Aldean. This cropped up. 
first locally in Nashville, like I say, where I broadcast on Super Talk 99.7 WTN, a proud Red Eye Radio affiliate. Uh, but then the, the, the situation quickly uh, grew in its nature um, and became a national news story. And it was all over um, the matter of First Amendment and, and a matter of a Jason Aldean song. And I want to discuss it with you and particularly encourage you to tell me where you are on this as we walk through the conversation together. The fallout has been tremendous to watch, particularly those talking heads on the political left. And and I think to understand the way that they react to these types of things, you have to drive deeper into understanding what they believe about the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. And simply put, they don't believe that our free speech rights go both ways any longer. That's what cancel culture was born out of, a belief that they can't be hypocrites if they think they're better than you. And I truly think that those in political circles inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., who could give a rip about flyover country in the United States of America, they don't think of themselves as hypocrites when they attack our Second Amendment rights because they believe they're better than you, therefore different than you. Therefore, the rules can be different for you and for them. Similarly, with the First Amendment, they think they're better than you, different than you, And so naturally, the rules have to be different for you versus the way they get to comport themselves in the United States and in the public arena. So their relationship with the First Amendment has changed dramatically. There was a time when someone on the political left, a a, a liberal, a leftist as I call them, or someone on the political right, be they a Republican or a conservative or whatever moniker you want to put on it, could sit down at a table of ideas discuss said ideas, come to different conclusions, and not leave the table as enemies. Well, I haven't changed. Now, I don't classify myself as a conservative. I'm more a libertarian with a small L, meaning I don't belong to the libertarian party, but I believe first, foremost, and last in individual liberty and freedom. That will be our salvation or our damnation, depending on, frankly, the next several years and maybe even the next election cycle. That said, can we not agree to disagree any longer? Well, you haven't changed, I dare say. I haven't changed. The political left has changed the rules of the game, at least as they apply it, especially within mainstream media circles. And I think that's all coming home to roost with the Jason Aldean story. Now, I've got other items that we will get to over the course of the evening slash morning to include law professors at major institutions around the United States of America encouraging Joe Biden essentially to become a dictator. That came out over the weekend. Uh, We have the latest on the Hunter Biden saga. Joe Biden, I call him Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe's big, nasty, bad week that was last week. Not that 80% of the country knows anything about it because 80% of the country is not aware of it because the mainstream media has decided to play partisan politics with this story The greatest political scandal in American history is going on before our very eyes. And I defy, I mean, maybe we have historians in the audience that can tell me a greater one. I understand that there have been some pretty explosive political, not Watergate, everybody knows about Watergate, not Watergate. There are others, Ulysses S. Grant, his administration with 
chock full of political scandal. Warren G. Harding, not ready for prime time as president of the United States of America. Chock full of political scandal. But I cannot think of one greater than the president of the United States of America. Well, as vice president, he's now president. But as at the time that he was president of the United, or vice president of the United States of America, he facilitated bribery schemes enriching himself and his family members. And he did so on the back of the public trust. But we'll get into that in just a just a few moments. First and foremost, let's talk about Jason Aldean. Now, if you're not a fan of country music, it really I mean, if you are, you're probably aware of the song. The song came out last May and it's called Try That in a small town recently country music television which last i checked still was their headquarters right here in nashville tennessee is now saying they'll no longer air the music video because it's too hot to touch too hot for them after critics claimed that it contained a lyrics that it didn't contain by the way glorifying gun violence and traditionally quote racist ideas Now, CMT refuses to say why they pulled the music video, except that, uh, you know what, no comment, we're just moving on, we're not playing the music video. The song itself came out last May. The music video came out this past week. And it's almost become a First Amendment litmus test. Or it, it might even be better described as one of those, what are those called, the, the Rorschach tests? where they hold up the ink blot in front of you and what you see represented in the ink blot says a lot more about you than it does necessarily about the ink blot. Because I read the lyrics to this song and the message is pretty simple. The simplicity of the message is this. Don't come up in here with all of that. We're not going to put up with it. You, it is a reflection of the song was born and inspired by some of the riots that went down in the summer of 2020. But I think the the genesis and the nature of the rioting that happened in 2020, you have to go back a little further than that to understand how things slowly and surely have changed over the past 10 years with regard to how the media treats these stories. I point to Ferguson, Missouri, as almost a starting point of this new media outlook on how to treat stories and how to create narratives of their own liking and how to diminish narratives that they don't particularly care for. And it spills over into the political world. But if you point to 2014, I think it was 2014 in Ferguson, Missouri, and I might have the year wrong. It was involving the death of Michael Brown. Remember this story? And how the media treated the riots that followed the story, a story that was propped up and built on a lie. I want to talk about that in relation to how the media treats stories like this, Jason Aldean. There is a connective tissue between Michael Brown's death and the accusation that Officer Wilson killed him on the streets of Ferguson, Missouri in cold blood. I think there's a direct correlation. There's a line of, of thought that leads directly to how the mainstream media tries to facilitate cancel culture along the likes of Jason Aldean because there are plenty within the media that have decided for themselves that Jason Aldean, because he's white, because he's involved in country music, and because he wrote a song standing up for the values that he believes in, that he's a racist and should be canceled. 
They don't engage at the table of ideas any longer. They simply want to push you off the island. To make you a non-person if you have the audacity to disagree with them about certain things. This subject matter reminds me of an old William F. Buckley quote. I'll mangle it, but it goes along these lines. That liberals are groups of people that claim to be tolerant of all other perspectives and points of view and then are shocked, dismayed, and appalled to discover that they are any. So we'll get into um, we'll get into all of that in the beginning hours of Red Eye Radio uh, this evening slash morning because I, it, it's a fascinating study as to how we got here, starting with Ferguson and leading over to Jason Aldean. That uh, we'll do in just a moment. Eight six six ninety Red Eye is the telephone number. That's eight six six ninety Red Eye. This is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. On a hot summer day, the last thing you want to feel is a blast of warm air when you turn on your air conditioning. A malfunctioning AC system will leave you uncomfortably shifting in your seat, not to mention it can affect the safety and performance of your entire vehicle and your productivity. When issues with your AC system begin to occur internally, your truck will give you some warning signs. Those include a noisy compressor and a lack of water dripping from the cab drain tube while your AC is running. If you experience either of these warning signs, you should have your AC system inspected by a professional technician immediately. Listen to your truck and invest the time now to avoid spending more time in the shop later on. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, no Gary, no Eric, Matt Murphy in with you. Thank you for being with us. 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE all across America. Would love to hear from you. It, um, I believe the new media narrative on how to, how to create perception and try to warp reality started 
My demarcation line was in the summer of 2014. And I want to go from there to here and apply it to how I believe they're treating stories like the Jason Aldean story and how why mainstream media in America, the political left in America, why they fear the Jason Aldeans of the world to the point that they want to cancel them. They want to destroy them. In 2014, we were force-fed a false narrative that a man by the name, a criminal by the name of Michael Brown, was shot in cold blood by Officer Daryl Wilson. Shot in cold blood for doing nothing other than being black in the streets. Remember the rallying cry. Hands up, they told us. Don't shoot. Now, obviously, it's a tragedy any time a police officer has to pull their weapon and fire on an individual because that individual is a threat to other citizens or to the officer themselves. But the evidence clearly bore out that that was the case. However, because it was a white officer and it was a black individual, the media did not allow the facts to escape Ferguson, Missouri, before they determined what they wanted the narrative to be. And it created an emotional turmoil in Ferguson, Missouri, to the point that people burned that city to the ground. And while that city was burning, I remember it as if it were yesterday. I call them hashtag never CNN. I call them this because I don't want you to watch CNN. CNN is a garbage network full of garbage people spewing, well, garbage. I'll watch so you don't have to. I consider it an occupational hazard. I do it as a gift for you. And then I report back on what I see. But I remember this. Remember the CNN reporter? It might have been Jason Garrett. CNN reporter standing in front of a burning Walgreens telling us that, well, most of these protests have been peaceful in nature. Meanwhile, private property is burning to the ground in Ferguson. Ferguson will never be the same. The media jumped on the narrative that suited them. They jumped on the narrative that they wanted to be true. Turns out the vast majority of the information that they were spewing out in the initial days and weeks following the shooting of Michael Brown was erroneous. Michael Brown stole, he committed a strong arm robbery at a convenience store. Michael Brown charged a police officer, tried to steal his gun for the purpose of, we believe, shooting and killing him with it. The Barack Obama administration initiated a federal treatment of all of this. The feds got involved. Eric Holder got involved. And ultimately, Barack Obama's Department of Justice concluded that Officer Wilson did nothing wrong. The media considered that a failure in as much as the truth actually escaped their reporting in 2014. And I believe it created in their minds a shift of narrative that continues to this day. That if there is something that they choose not, that they don't believe in, they choose partisan politics or they choose culture, the, the, the culture politics of the day over the truth. If they ever had any semblance of truth in them, and I'm talking about the vast, I'm talking ABC, NBC, the Alphabet Soup Networks, non-Fox, although Fox can slip into this mode as well. There are a few television outlets that, you know, become exceptions that prove the rule. But for the most part, if it does not fit the narrative, it doesn't go on the screen, regardless of what the truth might be. And so let's flash forward to the summer of 2020, where this manifested itself again. 
in the form of racial riots all across the United States of America in the aftermath of the death, the killing of George Floyd. Now, I understand that there is debate about the drugs in his system and how much the drugs in the system caused the death of George Floyd. But no reasonable person looked at what happened with George Floyd in the aftermath of what happened and said that that was acceptable. I don't know of any reasonable person that said that. There might be some loons out there, sure. But that did not stop the mainstream media from creating a narrative that white cops were out of control, which fueled and flamed the fires of rioting across the United States of America. In the midst, by the way, of a pandemic that we were told was going to kill us all if we didn't stay inside and triple mask up, right? And how did the mainstream media cover these riots? They acted as if, oh, well, n- there's nothing to see here. It's like it's like the meme, you may have seen it, where the little cartoon dog is sitting uh, at his little cartoon dog kitchen table, and he's sipping his little cartoon dog coffee, and he's got his wide eyes, and meanwhile, the entire kitchen is on fire, and he goes, this is fine. This is just perfectly fine. Nothing to see here. That's the way the mainstream press treated the riots in the summer of 2020. Well, this has everything to do to do with Jason Aldean's response in Try That in a Small Town because the imagery is being brought back up and the mainstream media is being forced to face the imagery of the riots that occurred and they would prefer that you just forget about it. We're going to share some of the song with you or at least lyrics of the song with you coming up in just a moment and take your telephone calls on the matter. The political left, man, Democrats got it good. They're not treated to the same standard. Not at all. Not at all. 86690 Red Eye, 86690Red Eye, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. It is Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric, and thank you for being with us. Whatever time you're able to give us, we're certainly appreciative of that. Uh, I am normally on from noon until 3 in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You're invited to tune in there, too, uh, 997WTN.com. You can also find me on social media. Yes, I'm still on the Twitter. I mean, Twitter is a cesspool full of awful people saying awful things, and for some reason, I I, rem- I still love it. Uh, at Matt Murphy Show on the uh, on the Twitter world, and I guess I can still call it Twitter until it's officially changed to X. If you've not heard that story, it's very odd, uh, but we'll share that with you a little later on. A- Elon Musk made the decision that he's rebranding Twitter, so we're no we no longer are twits, and we no longer tweet. Uh, we're Xers, I guess, and we I don't know what we do. He was trying to figure out what you would call a tweet if Twitter's no longer Twitter. It's just X. X.com, by the way, uh, which I would have bet money was a pornographic website, um, now points to Twitter. So Elon Musk has bought uh, that domain name. More coming up on that in just a little bit. But you can follow us at Matt Murphy Show. 866-90-RED-EYE is the telephone number. So why is this video and this song so divisive? Well, liberals are up in arms because we are throwing back in their faces that which they did not want to admit even as it was happening in the summer of 2020. And that's the connective tissue that I believe started in 2014 and trails on to this day. The mainstream media wants you to pretend that those who advocate for cultural changes on the political left are all as pure as the wind-driven snow. 
and that anyone who disagrees with them is automatically some sort of istrophobe. You're a xenophobe or you're a racist or you're a chauvinist or you're a sexist or you're this thing or you're that thing. Obviously, you have some sort of mental deficiency defection or you're simply a bigot or a racist if you have the audacity to have a difference of opinion. Even when they're, they're submarining truth in order to convince broad swaths of the United States of America that their opinion is the correct one. So they tried to convince us that what went on in Portland, Oregon in 2020, in the summer of 2020, was perfectly normal, and we know it wasn't. They tried to convince us that it was organic, and we know that it wasn't. Organized by BLM and Antifa primarily, two organizations. One organization, Antifa, is truly an anarchist threat to the United States of America. The other was a money grab uh, and did its job, boy, did its job well. So this video that came out several days ago with Jason Aldean shows shots of Jason Aldean singing his song, Try That in a Small Town, and there are clips of riots and police encounters and vandalism and all of the other sort of things that went on in the summer of 2020 as a result of the death of George Floyd. Most of it really have toward having no impact on the results of the subsequent trial of George Floyd. It was more taking advantage of a situation than anything. So the criticism of the video involves the showing of these clips, some of the language used in the song, but for the most part, the criticism has revolved around the fact that the video was shot in a small town of Columbia, Tennessee, which is about, I don't know, as the crow flies 25 miles, maybe 30 miles from where I sit right now. It is called the Murray County Courthouse. It serves as the backdrop for Jason Aldean and his band. Well, critics have now pointed out that the backdrop was the site of race riots in 1946. It was also the site of a horrible lynching in 1927 in which a white mob pulled an 18-year-old black man from jail and dragged him through the city. Well, that's evil and that's wrong. and That's not law and order and that's not justice. And that's horrible and unfortunate. I guarantee you that no one involved in the making of this video were aware of the 1927 lynching, Murray County Courthouse. But liberals, conv- they, they don't care about any of that. They're using that fact as a bludgeon against Al Dean and a bludgeon against the song, and it has no bearing or resemblance on the song itself. So what's the big deal about the song itself? Well, I'll sing you some of the lyrics. No, no, I won't sing to you. I'll share some of the lyrics. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacked an old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Will act like a fool. If you like, cuss out a cop. Spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to soon find out. I recommend you don't. Try that in a small town. The song goes on. And this has leftists all in a tizzy as well. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that bleep might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line. It won't take long. There's the chorus again. 
And he says, full of good old boys raised up right. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. And then the chorus plays again. There's never one mention of race in the song. Not one. But it does speak to an undeniable truth. I grew up in a town of about 10,000 people. Thompson, Georgia. No P in Thompson. That was our favorite joke. You can't pee in Thompson because there was no P in the T-H-O-M-S-O-N. About 10,000 people. And you did take care of your own. And you did not expect that some of the issues going on in the bigger cities would come to your small town. And if they did, you quickly dispatched of them in a lawful way. Now, I get not liking the song. You don't have to like country music. But explain to me how that song's racist. It never brings up race. It does bring up the idea of law and order in our communities and respecting the concepts of law and order and not allowing political protests to become political riots or looting or vandalism. But enough of what I think about this. What do you think about this? 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's start with... Larry calling in from Tennessee. Hey, Larry, how are you? How are you doing, my brother? I'm well, Larry. I hope you are. I, well, I'm, I mean, I stayed up just to listen to you. So, um, I, listen, Jason Aldean can come sit on my back deck and drink anything but a Bud Light with me and watch Baby Eagles. Cheryl Crow can shove a Bud Light where the sun does not shine. And, but, you know, she would probably enjoy that, even though she only likes to use one sheet of toilet paper. Well, that that's true. She did tell us if we wanted to save the planet that we needed to use one square per visit. But I, I, have, I have had family members now disown me because of my view about this song. There is not one thing in this song about racism. No, I mean, well, but it, the, once again, the truth and and the point I made earlier regarding Ferguson and as it led to the summer of riots in 2020, uh, the media has decided that they don't have... Th- there's nothing in it for them to defend the actual truth. It, they don't have to because, sadly, enough of the population – and, Larry, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. Sadly, enough of the population doesn't do their own homework or do the, do the research in order to get to the truth. They just, you know, they just consume what is ever, whatever is force-fed to them by CBS News or ABC News or the New York Times or, or the Washington Post. So they don't bother to note, well, there is no mention of race in the song. They don't bother to note that there's no mention of any sort of gun violence in the song outside of you're not taking my gun away from me that my grandfather gave me. I mean, it really does. The song is the audio equivalent. And you listeners in the South will know exactly what I'm talking about. Screw around and find out. There's a different version of that phrase that rolls around. It is the, it is the, I mean, this is the audio and video equivalent of that old, old saying that's been going around for years. You mess around and find out. We don't put up with that around here. Is there anything wrong with standing up for oneself? And isn't it interesting when we do? 
how the general public or how the leftist public reacts to it by immediately calling us racist people. Mike is next up in West Palm Beach. Mike, thank you for joining us on Red Eye Radio. Good evening. Or yeah, morning. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. What's on your mind? Talk to so, me. Uh, well, now I live in uh, South Florida, and uh, I'm in a rural area. And I have personally said on many occasions uh, with rioting going on, it's funny that they don't try doing that where I live. And let me say that uh, the area I live is is very diverse, but uh, we're rural. And nobody comes into our neighborhood and tries doing that stuff because we just won't tolerate it. It's just that simple. I, uh, now, I listen to country, not exclusively, and I'll be honest, I didn't even know this song existed until I was uh, on YouTube, and I like to do the uh, reaction videos, and I see all these people reacting to this Jason Aldean controversial song, so I, I gave it a listen. Not a single person that was reacting to the video found anything wrong with it and i must have gone through 20 different reactions this song which it's a good song i like it but i don't think it would have been the song that it is without the left creating this big controversy that doesn't exist i mean i don't i, I don't think there's any question mike that the reaction, the overreaction on the part of the political left has created this song for what it is right now. I don't believe that it would have gotten anywhere near the number one downloaded song on YouTube, I think it is. It's obviously, it's number one with a bullet in terms of video views. And that's all because people want to know, well, what the big deal is. And I think most people like you and like me watch the video Listen to the song and we walk away. I mean, I don't know that it's that good of a song necessarily. I like the concept, uh, but I don't think that it would be this popular and do this well without the critics. I agree with you. Exactly. I mean, but that seems to be the thing with the left is they shoot themselves in the foot. They pick something and they, they make it controversial and everybody's like, well, what's the controversy about? Well, it goes and, back it goes back to my rule number 1 Mike for political liberals. My my rule number 1 for leftists, they always 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 overplay their hand. When they think they have a winning hand, they overplay it and they also rule number 2, think that the American public is stupid. Thank you Mike for the call. They think we're dumb. And toward that end, they think that they can pull one of these over on us. Oh, this is an awful racist song. And then we listen to it and we like, wait a minute. This isn't a racist song. This is just saying don't try to pull that crap in my small town because I'm going to defend my neighbors. I'm going to defend my loved ones. I'm going to defend the people that enjoy the values that we appreciate in small town America. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong in the world. Oh, you're racist. You're a bigot because something bad happened at the courthouse in 1927 that nobody was aware of until we brought it up. The political left, they always overplay their hand when they think they have a winning hand to the point that the American people are left scratching their heads going, what what is this all about? You know, when liberals boycott something, it becomes the number one song and the number one video in the United States of America. When conservatives boycott something, hello, Bud Light, they lose $50 billion in value. It should tell you something.
about where American people really are on these issues. I'll tell you a quick story when we return about a couple that I met recently from Illinois. They are Illinois refugees, Chicago refugees. And I love having these conversations from people around other parts of the country. And we get a lot of them in Nashville, Tennessee. Music City is kind of an it city. A lot of people moving here. And a lot of these folks that are moving here are moving from leftist states like Washington and California and Illinois. I'll tell you that quick story in a moment. Continue on telephone calls. one eight six six ninety red eye That's one eight six six ninety red eye No Gary, no Eric. Matt Murphy in for both of those guys on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It is Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Thank you, Eric, and thank you, Gary. Hope you enjoy spending some time off, and I hope you enjoy our time together uh, tonight into uh, the morning. Lots to discuss to include Jason Aldean and his song, Try That in a Small Town, which actually came out months ago, did not really get a splash until... Uh, the video came out, and upon release of the video, a lot of folks started freaking out uh, because of the unfortunate images that it was showing on our screens. Now, obviously, these were all real images. This was all really happening back in the summer of 2020, primarily where some of the images are coming from. Uh, but I guess some in political circles and some in cultural circles don't want to be reminded of how all of that actually went down in the midst of COVID. More coming up in just a moment, including your telephone calls. Would love to speak to you. And how has the leftist on The View, have they reacted to it? Oh, cannot wait to share Whoopi Goldberg's thoughts on Jason Aldean. That's on the way on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio. I am Matt Murphy. Thank you to Gary, Eric, and the rest of the team for allowing me to spend some time with you. I so appreciate it, and I hope you're able to spend a little time with us as we discuss the issues of the day and of the evening, as the case may be, six minutes after the hour. So, uh, Matt Murphy, normally heard, I, as I use my name in the third person, uh, normally heard on Supertalk 99.7 WTN in Nashville. I'm originating out of Nashville, and that was kind of the spirit of... Uh, well, the first hour of conversation regarding Jason Aldean and a subject that became something of a controversy last week as he came out with a new music video. And we continued that conversation in the second hour. 866-90-RED-EYE is the way to get a hold of us. 866-90-RED-EYE. And you can also, and I appreciate if you do this, uh, if you like what you hear or if you don't like what you hear, uh, hit me up on social media. I'm on, fa- I'm on the Facebooks. 
Uh, I don't go there as often as I go to uh, Twitter on social media, at Matt Murphy Show. You can find me there. Follow me there, and we'll have a good time, I promise. At Matt Murphy Show on Twitter. So Jason Aldean has gotten quite the reaction from the political left. We shared some of the lyrics, which really are innocuous as they as they really don't say anything about race. And I and when I say they don't, they don't. They don't mention it. They talk about living in a small town and don't bring some of the big city problems that we've seen over the last several years to our small towns. Otherwise, you're going to get a much different reaction. We don't put up with lawlessness. We don't put up with flaunting the concepts of law and order. We don't put up with a disrespect for our basic belief structure and our community standards. But leftists and their relationship with the First Amendment, it's been souring for any number of years. And I've been saying for a long time on my radio show that the political left and the, quote, cancel culture that has become a part of the political left, they operate in the same fashion as radical Islam. Now, here's what I mean. When in the aftermath of 9-11, when we learned about al-Qaeda, when we then subsequently learned about ISIS uh, during the Obama administration, we learned that these organizations believed, because of their radical views of their religious faith, that you must either subjugate yourself to them, you must convert to their way of thinking, or they will destroy you. Tell me how that's different from the political left in 2023. Leftists believe that you must subjugate yourself to them. In other words, keep your mouth quiet about your religious beliefs or your belief in the Second Amendment or your belief in the sanctity of life or your belief in we could go on and on. You keep quiet about it, subjugate yourself to their belief structure or convert either willingly or unwillingly. They don't care. Or they will destroy you. Now, the manner of the destruction that they engage in is slightly different. In as much as with radical Islam, with Al-Qaeda, with ISIS, they would literally kill you if you were a, quote, infidel. Here, they don't kill you actually, but they want to destroy your career. They want to destroy your opportunity in the United States of America. They want to destroy you as you affect society or culture at all. And there are plenty on the political left that would just as soon destroy Jason Aldean's career because of a song that he came out that they happen to disagree with. Jason Aldean, for his part, has uh, has spoken on this, defended his song. Try that in a small town. He uh, he was at a concert. What was this Friday night, I guess, the 21st in Cincinnati, Ohio, saying to his fan base that it's, quote, been a long week. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that, said Aldean. I feel everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think all you want to, but that doesn't mean that it's true. What I am is a proud American. I'm proud to be from here. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bleep bleep started happening to us. I love my country. I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. But I created in the first hour a connective tissue between the media reaction in 2014, the Ferguson, Missouri riots, on through 2020, and the tragedy of the death of George Floyd, no doubt about that, 
And justice was served in that case, but it was not served because of the riots that occurred during that period of time and how organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter utilized those unfortunate events to benefit themselves. Now, speaking to that end, Corey is in Dallas, and he wants to talk with us about BLM itself. Corey, thank you for holding, and uh, good evening or good morning, uh, whatever the case may be. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Corey. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing re- real quick, um, BLM in itself is not a corrupt organization. It was a set up to actually uh, address issues within the black community, uh, like any organization or any country for that matter. Uh, saying that the organization is corrupt or money grab is to say is like saying the you know America itself is corrupt, and uh, just because you got corrupt politicians in in, in D.C. It's it's the same parallel. You have bad apples in any organization that's that's in this country. And then with the Aldine thing, um, if they had to show clips of the January sixth and the the riots, it never would have been an issue. But it seems like there was a, a quote unquote low key political message being sent. That's the issue that the left has with it. I myself, I'm independent, and I think for myself. I, I you so, know, I agree I like. with that. I, you know, I think Corey, that's a good point, actually. And I, I want to circle back to the BLM thing, but the point that you just made, I, I think, it would have been fascinating if he had included a ten or twenty second clip of some of the worst of what went down on January sixth within the context of the video and. And interspersed with, uh, you know, you can do the 2020 riots, Portland, Oregon, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or whatever, and then and then throw one of those in there. I would be real curious how folks would have reacted to that. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's where it makes it look like, okay, this is what you're trying to attack, even though you're, you're, you're trying to say, you know, try this in a small town. That's fine and dandy, but it looks like it's look it's pointing towards people that – don't look like you. Well, no, I mean, I, th- I think I think I think what it's pointing to is the 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 idea that our our larger cities, which yes, are largely run by Democrats. I think outside of Miami, Florida, the top fifty cities in America in terms of population are run by Democrats. But I mean, I, I think it's more of a simple reflection that the our bigger cities are going to hell in a handbasket. You know? Yeah, but 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 what this may surprise you to an extent. Most African Americans are not Democrats, we're, or, or and we're not Republicans. We look at things as trying to take the the best of whatever politician that fits our fits our goals, just like any anybody else. Um, we're Corey. I, Corey, I, wi- I, 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 I let me let me ask you this. Hold on, let me ask you this. I I, I wish that were true, but statistically, no. stati- it, well it. it it just doesn't bear out statistically. African Americans vote. African Americans vote over eighty-five percent of the time for Democrats. I'm going to tell you the reason why. The reason why is you don't have. It's just now starting to turn, and you'll see the stats. Uh, you don't see very many Republican candidates coming into African American neighborhoods trying to win the vote. African Americans look at it like, hey. This is the only person who reached out to me. They might as well get my vote if I'm participating in the process. You know, what? That's, that's the way. That's the way it looks. Yeah, a lot of GOP candidates do not walk the neighborhoods 
or anything and try and solicit the African-American vote during election season. You know, do you think do you think and and I ask this question sincerely, Corey, as as someone who's identified himself as an African-American, do you think Trump scared the Democrats with regard to trying to break through some of that, which is why they went so hard on him as a quote unquote racist? No, nah, most most black people like Donald Trump. See, the, the thing that what what people don't understand, Trump had a um, a relationship with African-Americans way back in the 80s when he was the only uh, business person that would loan to African-American corporations or African-American companies or African-American entrepreneurs that were trying to start businesses in New York. He was he was one of the only people. Big banks like J.P. Morgan or small banks, uh, they wouldn't loan to African-American business people. And Trump now, was the only person. I love it. I mean, I, 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 and, and dead on. Now, obviously, he, he had some of his issues. Central Park Five was an issue for Donald Trump where he was accused uh, by Al Sharpton and others of racism. But be that as it may, I, I would agree with you more broadly that there were inroads that had been created within the African-American community long before he decided to run for president. Now, uh, in the time that I've left, I want to circle back to this, Corey, because you said this. And I want to make sure that I create a distinction between the concept and one of the brilliant uh, one of the brilliant ways that Patrice Cullors uh, pulled one over, in my opinion, on the American people was the name Black Lives Matter. Because who doesn't believe what what normal human being with uh, sensitive uh, to all of our uh, needs in the United States of America doesn't believe that black lives matter, just like white lives matter, just like brown lives matter. So the name in and of itself, I think, was a snow job. But Patrice Cullors is I mean, so th- there might be branches or unrelated aspects that you would call BLM uh, that are genuine in their desire to reach uh, the black community and help the black community. But Patrice Cullors, the founder of BLM, is and was, in my opinion, a grifter. See, she wasn't the founder. It was four people that founded it. It was Patrice Cullors. It was Alicia Garza. Uh, it was, um, I can't remember the other name. Um, but, but yeah, see, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I got you. Black Lives Matter was a moniker that was floating around the black community for years. And it, it just, they just brought it mainstream. The concept of Black Lives Matter was brought up with the historical concept from uh, Jim Crow, uh, slavery, the whole reparations movement, and everything. It was addressing all of the death and destruction, such as like Tulsa race riots and everything like that that happened in the black community for, for legit reasons. And it was addressing and trying to figure out some kind of uh, economic means of getting the community back on a financial footing. Because most, uh, when it comes to most communities and most ethnicities, they usually have, number one, like immigrants, they have a power base where they can go back to and get financial benefits. And then over here where they have their own, like, uh, banks and everything that are actually benefiting their community. We have the banks, but we don't have a power base such as a homeland or anything to go back to to develop the products and stuff that would benefit our community. Well, let me me say this. As as an organization, Corey, um, Mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter Foundation, they incorporated in 2017 
They raised $90 million. Patrice Cullors became a multi-millionaire, and the black community did, did not get zilch out of it. Zilch. Corey, thank you for the call. So at, as a concept, I think if you refer to BLM as a concept, I think we can get on the same page. As an organization, these people are trashed. I don't believe that they had any interest in helping the black community. They had an interest in helping themselves. That's my belief, my opinion. It is 19 after the hour. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Smart owner-operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics, lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy for Gary and Eric. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. one 866 red eye is the telephone number. That's 1-866-907-3339. I love, I know you guys don't know me very well. You know Gary, you know Eric. I love the interchange between the audience and the host. I love getting an opportunity to speak to you, and I love us together having the opportunity to speak truth to power. 866-90-RED-EYE. I also love listening to leftists. Leftists like Whoopi Goldberg, who doesn't know, well, she doesn't know her butt from a hole in the ground, could not find it with a flashlight and a compass, but she does have a lot to say about country music, and who, I mean, who do we trust more on issues of country music than Whoopi on The View? So country singer Jason Aldean is getting backlash for the video of his song, Not in a Small Town, which critics are saying is racist. It's got lyrics, racist lyrics, and images. Aldean says the song's about unity. Here's uh, South Dakota Christy Neem. Yeah. Uh, okay, can I just pause for a second here? Whoopi Goldberg is on a nationally televised show. It's been around for a long, long time. Now, I don't, I don't make myself available to watch The View. Because, you know, I, I try to keep my food down. Does she not know who Christy Noem is? Is that intentional or is she that ignorant of what's going on in the world around her? I can't imagine there has not been an occasion where Whoopi Goldberg has not sat on national television and called Christy Noem a racist, too. Christy Neem, Christy Noem, Christy, Christy Noem, Christy Neem. Christy Nome here. Here's uh, South Dakota Christy Noem <laughs> defending him. Here's a clip. 
I am shocked by what I'm seeing in this country with people attempting to cancel the song and cancel Jason. I think a lot of times people that go out and, and fight every day on these important issues and, and have an opinion and remember the freedom and liberty that this country was founded on get persecuted from it. And we're seeing that with the Aldeans right now and the songwriters that work so hard on this. And I just want them to know that we support them. We love them. Thank you for writing a song that America can get behind. And uh, boy, keep singing, keep playing. And if you want to come to South Dakota, I'll let you play anywhere. Uh, you know, Christy Noem, by the way, is right. I'll get to the rest of the whoopee stuff in just a second. But it it occurs to me that what bothers the political left more than anything, there are people that are standing up saying, you know what, we're not going to put up with this lawlessness anymore. Not around here. What's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with standing up and saying, you know what, despite all of our faults, despite all of our failures, we are still the best thing going. Is it that hard for political leftists to accept that? For socialists, well, I guess it is. If you want to, quote, fundamentally transform the United States of America, you can't do it by admitting or accepting the fact that at our very essence, it's the best thing going. Freedom and liberty and the concept of individual rights, that's the best thing going. Our representative republic is better than any other form of government out there. Are we perfect? Of course we're not. Do we have warts? Yes. Have we had evil in our past? Yes. But one does not exist mutually exclusive to the other and never has. You, you, you know, the political left is reacting to Jason Aldi's Dean's song in the same way as leftists reacted to Daniel Penny. Remember Daniel Penny? This man has his life on the line right now because he had the audacity to stand up for himself and stop an individual who was directly threatening him and others on a subway train in New York City. You know who Jason Aldean wrote this song for? Kyle Rittenhouse. There's another one. We'll discuss with you on Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Back in a moment. From the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. Indeed, big voice guy. It is Matt Murphy in for Gary, in for Eric on Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the telephone number, and I would love to speak with you. Normally, during the weekday, Monday through Friday, I speak with the listeners of Supertalk 99.7 WTN out of Nashville, Tennessee, noon until 3. Please check me out at 997WTN.com if you don't mind. Follow me on social medias at Matt Murphy Show on Twitter. That's at Matt Murphy. I'm on the others. I'm on the Instagram and the Facebook and all of these things. But I primarily engage on Twitter or X, as we're now calling it, at Matt Murphy Show. Um, engagement is not something that Whoopi Goldberg is typically accustomed to. We were playing clips of 
The View's reaction to the Jason Aldean song, Try That in a Small Town. Uh, we'll uh, finish that up and get to more of your telephone calls. Plus, I'm transitioning at some point over to Joe Biden. I've got some delicious sloppy Joe audio from the weekend that you just have to hear to believe. I mean, it, it really is frightening to conceptualize that at least technically he's the leader of the free world. I don't believe that's in actuality, but technically he remains the leader of the free world. Kind of frightening when you think about it. Speaking of frightening, here's Whoopi Goldberg. Her thoughts on a subject she knows absolutely nothing about. But, you know, it is what what's going to stop. I mean, it's not like that's not what she's been doing for the last 20 years. You let them play anymore? <laughs> you own South Dakota now? <laughs> listen, I, listen, you know, there are lyrics in the song, and I think... You know, he talks about life in a small town, and it's different, you know, and he shows these images. He's got uh, folks. Uh... I mean, I, I honestly will tell you, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg has any clue what she's talking about. I don't think she's ever seen the video. I don't think she's ever listened to the song. She's reading off of a blue card that was handed to her by producers. She read over them 20 minutes before the show, plopped her butt down and did the show, and has never done a modicum of research about this song. That is my suggestion to you. That's why she's fumbling over herself to try to figure out how exactly this is racist. From the Black Lives Matter movement, and he's talking about people taking care of each other. And I find it so interesting that never occurred to Jason or the writers that that's what these folks were doing. They were taking care of the people in their town because they didn't like what they saw. Just like Okay, so Whoopi Goldberg is suggesting that BLM and Antifa they rioted, burned things to the ground, and looted so as to take care of the citizens of their town. Mm-hmm. Tell that to the citizens of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Tell that to the citizens of Portland, Oregon, or Seattle, Washington, law-abiding citizens, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Baltimore, Maryland, where the mayor of Baltimore at the time said, well, you've got to have, you've got to give them a little room to destroy. That's nonsense. Nonsense. I understand and I am sensitive to the emotions that existed after we saw the video involving George Floyd and his killer. It was disgusting. And ultimately, justice was served in that case as it applies to Derek Chauvin. I believe that. A lot of reasonable people that might disagree from a political perspective can come to the same conclusion on that point. But Whoopi Goldberg is gaslighting America when she says that the BLM movement was primarily concerned with protecting their own hometowns. I mean, to say the least, maybe we need to send Whoopi a stepladder. Because she's reaching. That's what these folks were doing. They were taking care of the people in their town because they didn't like what they saw. Just like you talk about people taking care of each other in small towns. We do the same thing in big towns. You just have to. Re Is that true? I live in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a it's a metro population of about two million people. And we have our share of homelessness and we have our share of issues involving homelessness and crime and drug use as every big city does. We also have our share of leftist liberal leadership in the city of Nashville, surrounded obviously by the red state of Tennessee that seems oblivious as to how to handle it. 
And they don't seem to care about these citizens that Whoopi Goldberg is talking about. 30 more seconds. Realize that when you make it about Black Lives Matter, people kind of say, well, are you, are you talking about black people? What are you talking about here? If we're talking about Americans taking care of each other, then it shouldn't be about Black Lives Matter. You should be able to show all the different things that have gone on in our country. Well, why don't you do your music video? What, you know what? I feel the same, and I'm going to freak people out here. I, I feel the same about Jason Aldean as I do about the Barbie movie. There's a lot of do-gooders running around talking about the missed opportunities with the Barbie movie because the Barbie movie is, I've not seen it. Apparently, the Barbie movie is an adult, more of an adult-themed film. And on my radio show last week, I had folks, you know, not complaining, but, yeah, a little frustrated. Hey, they, they, there was an opportunity here to, to bring mamas and daughters together. That's not what the movie was for. The movie was for middle-aged women, wine moms, no offense, wine moms, wine moms, who wanted to kind of you know, go back and, 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 you know, that's not the point of making the film. So if you want to make a different movie that brings kids and mamas together regarding Barbie, then do that. And Whoopi, if you want to make a different video that celebrates the accomplishments of the BLM movement, by all means. About Black Lives Matter. You should be able to show all the different things that have gone on in our country where people stood up and said no more. We do the same thing that small towns do. That's my two cents to that. Well, there's Whoopi's two cents. And Whoopi's two cents are worth, well, about, about that. Dan has a different take on it, and he joins us on Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Dan, thanks for your call. How are you? How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's on your mind? You know, I think, you know, you're talking a lot about Jason Aldean, and that's getting a lot of press. And then you have the sound of freedom, and anybody watches that is a QAnon. And you have yeah, Bud Light, Target. Walt Disney, all this crap, and it's the left, and the left is getting steamrolled by the uber left to keep us looking at shiny little objects while they keep moving their agenda and covering up their crap. Everything from Biden's corruption to the incompetence of, of people like Buttigieg and Mayorkas and Garland, the corruption in the FBI, we can't find fingerprints on coke. All those things are to keep us distracted. You got the left eating alive, cannibalizing RFK Jr. in the censorship hearing. They're eating their own. The socialists have run everything so far over. You got whites hating whites, blacks hating blacks. If they keep everybody arguing, we have no power. Conquer, divide. We will just spin our wheels forever. You know, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. At the same time, I think they have to take on these cultural battles in order to achieve their ultimate goals on the political front. I, I think they, these kind of run hand in hand. They run concurrently with one. I agree that we do get distracted by shiny objects and, and, and you know, and we could we could agree or disagree on whether or not Jason Aldean represents a shiny object. But I, I think the. The two things have to run concurrent. They have to take over the culture wars in order to take over the mindsets of the children. Exactly. And that's what they've been trying to do. And we they caught everybody sleeping. 
until COVID brought it to the surface. And that well, you know, when, when I say, and I say, yeah, Dan, when I say that the, the the left always overplays its hand, I mean, that's one of the better examples that I'll offer. Uh, they saw an opportunity for a seizure of power and control during COVID, completely overplayed it, and woke up many Americans to their desires to transform, quote unquote, the United States of America into what would ultimately be a socialist state. And they're not even they're they're saying the quiet part out loud now. They're not hiding it anymore. Exactly, exactly right. It's, it's a, now it's a matter of us, uh, the people that don't want that for their lives, which I believe is the majority of us. But we can't get together because we're so distracted and arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. And the big issues are getting steamrolled right past us. Well, with that in mind, I'm transitioning to another big issue, and that is the concept of Joe Biden's administration. And we're going to do this probably right on the front end of the next hour. So keep listening, Dan, if you have the ability. I think you're on the road there. And uh, hopefully you'll keep it tuned to Red Eye Radio. Joe Biden is now being advised by so-called experts in constitutional law to ignore the Supreme Court. You want to talk about saying the quiet part out loud? I've long believed, and it it is a a running theme for me in my political observations, that the left claims to, they very loudly claim to hate that which they are engaged in. And you can see it. There's a pattern over and over again. Easiest example. Donald Trump was engaged in Russian collusion for the purposes of affecting the outcome of the 2016 election. When, in fact, it was Hillary Clinton and the Democrats engaged in a level of Russian collusion for the purposes of securing, quote unquote, information on Donald Trump that turned out to be completely fabricated for the purpose of affecting the outcome of the election. You see how that works? You do what you loudly claim you hate publicly. You decry it while you're doing it to keep the eyes off the real prize. Over and over again, they do these things. How many times were we told that Donald Trump and his children were engaged in activity that were violations of the emoluments clause and that their complicity in violating the emoluments clause was an impeachable offense, a criminal offense, an arrestable offense on the part of Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump and Donald Trump himself. Now you look at the Biden crime family syndicate. And all the while, this circling back to modern politics, and while I, I remain steadfast in my appreciation for the former president of the United States of America. And even with some of the issues that he has to face, the uphill battle that he has to face to regain the White House, while I'll stand beside him and do so, I haven't selected in terms of a primary candidate, and I encourage you not to either. But one of the reasons I love Donald Trump so much is his willingness to call it out and how often he's right. The political left engages in the behavior that they publicly claim to despise over and over and over again. 866-90-RADIO, that's, uh, why why do I keep saying radio? 866-90-RED-EYE, there you go, because it's Red Eye Radio, and Matt Murphy's in for Eric and Gary on Red Eye. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. one 866 90 red eye Listen live at redeyeradioshow.com. And listen to me Monday through Friday, noon until 3 on Super Talk 99.7 WTN out of Nashville. Speaking of Nashville, here comes Rick, who joins us to talk about the Jason Aldean tune. Hey, Rick, what's on your mind? Hey, hey, Matt, how are you? I uh, wanted to just mention here uh, just a little perspective. Can I make a couple of comments and not be cut off? Yeah, uh, well, we got two minutes. Okay, well, I, I guess I'll just cut to the uh, the Jason Aldean thing then. Uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, the, refer- the inference is uh, that people might be offended by is that they were fr- thinking – they were referring to African-Americans were the ones that were rioting. In, in the video, and, and that's offensive to the African-American community. But as I told your uh, person that picks up the phone to check in the callers, uh, you know, the, the, the riots that occurred uh, in 2020 were not just African-Americans. Uh, it was white African-Americans. So you can't look at it that way. It's just lawlessness, and it right. didn't have to happen. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. It did not I mean, have we, to happen. And we saw it. It was only it was only three years ago. They act as if we don't remember what we saw with our own eyes. Sure, there were a lot of black people riding. There were a lot of brown people riding. There were a lot of white people riding. I mean, so, and, and Jason Aldean makes no reference to any of that. He just makes a reference to don't bring any of that to us. And if you do, just understand that you're not going to like what you get back in return. And one quick comment, uh, that all the, the, the left... All they talk about is negative things against the right. And they omit, like the hearings last week, CNN, MSNBC did not even show it. They didn't have it on the air. Uh, and and uh, uh, Newsmax, Fox, they, they were showing it live. It was live. It was newsworthy. But they just want to be in denial, just like this video or whatever. And they, they, they well, most of them, we all know, did not vote for uh, Trump in the well, biggest, biggest political scandal. It's a great transition, Rick, because I'm a, about to get into the biggest political scandal in American history, which is ongoing before our very eyes right now. And we'll discuss it on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. Pardon me, big voice guy. And as the guys would say all across America and around the globe, it's Red Eye Radio. I am Matt Murphy. 
Filled again for Eric Harley, Gary Mac- McNamara. Eric and Gary will be back Monday night, Tuesday morning show. You can find me normally uh, in Nashville, Tennessee at Supertalk 99.7 WTN. Been here for about two years. Birmingham, Alabama before that. Noon to three is where you'll find me on Supertalk. Go to 997WTN.com. If you're so inclined, you can also follow me on social medias at Matt Murphy Show on Twitter or should I say on X. Because that is what Elon Musk is rebranding Twitter. Maybe we'll get into that story uh, down the road. It's uh, I, For me, it's a little bit of an odd uh, brand. Um, Twitter's just fine. I don't mind the brand Twitter. But you know what? Elon is a much more rich and much smarter guy than I am. 866-90-RED-EYE. If you dare to opine, if you care to opine, 866-90-RED-EYE is the telephone number. That is 866-907-3300. 39, and we'll jump back on the phones coming up in just a couple of minutes. It is, in one humble man's opinion, mine, the greatest political scandal unfolding before our very eyes in the history of the United States of America. And broad swaths of the mainstream media are attempting to gaslight you into believing it's not going on. But the evidence is too great. I've long said that if the long-term legacy of Donald J. Trump will be his Supreme Court nominations, and there's a story out today indicating that the political left understands that because they're trying to destroy that institution as well. The one and only legacy of the Biden administration, I believe, will be this story. If the mainstream press allows it to be told, if they're not corrupted to the core, to the point that they will hold on to this effort to try to submarine the story. So as the majority of the American people don't find out about it. Now, obviously, we on the interactive medium that is talk radio have been discussing this matter for some time. And I've cautioned my audience and I want to caution the red eye radio audience not to get bored with this story. I understand that you've been there, done that. I understand that you know broad swaths of the story I'm about to tell you backwards and forwards. But we must continuously go back to it and repeat it and not get bored by the details. Because to get bored is to become immune or numb to what's going on before our very eyes in the White House. And what has been going on in the corrupt swamp for decades, if not generations. At our best, and here's why we must remain vigilant so as not to become immune to it. I believe talk radio is a great hope for the First Amendment and has been for a long time. One of the reasons that I'm so invested in it. I mean, obviously, it's my life's work. It's my career. But I also believe it is crucial to the interest of the United States with regard to individual rights. Because we are still a place by which... You can come, speak your voice, allow your voice to be heard, and to get feedback on positions on issues. We are the electronic public square. But as good as I believe this medium is, as interactive as it is, as personal as it is, understand at our best, at our best we reach 20% of the people. That's not a knock on Radio generally, or talk radio more specifically, 20% is a pretty good number. And I know that I'm overgeneralizing when I say that, but it's about right that at our best, we're reaching about 20% of the population. 
with information. We have to get to more people that aren't paying the amount of attention that you and I pay, especially on this issue of public and private corruption. The investigation into the Biden family, everything we believed to be true is coming true. It it turns out to be true. Everything from the FBI submarining the story. The FBI knew, by the way, that the Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop was real. They knew in 2019, did nothing with it. The FBI has been attempting to pervert this investigation into Hunter Biden from the beginning. And we now have two IRS whistleblowers testifying to that fact. So let's talk about the horrible, awful week that was for Sloppy Joe, which is my nickname for Joe Biden, because he is pretty sloppy in a lot of different ways. The congressional testimony from the two IRS whistleblowers last week established a number of things. The investigation, first and foremost, into the Biden administration corruption or into the Biden family corruption, where we had millions and millions and millions of dollars flowing into the coffers of the Biden family from corrupt regimes around the world in order to buy influence from Joe Biden, the then vice president of the United States. And what has been theorized by me and many others for years, what you have believed, many of you have believed this story to be true for years. Well, we now know it's real. And it was thwarted by the Biden administration's Justice Department over the last several years. That's unbelievable that this is not the lead story in every news publication in America right now. That you have individuals, by the way, non-political individuals. One of these guys has self-identified himself as a gay Democrat. Not the type of guy that you would think would be a setup against Joe Biden or would change his narrative for political purposes. But a couple of things. One the corruption's real. It's not imaginary. It, If we believe the Ukrainian oligarch that ran Burisma, it's going to take years to untangle the money because they intentionally laundered and relaundered and relaundered the money to hide it from the American people and from the people around the globe. But it is very much a real thing. Secondarily, the president, the son of the president of the United States, Hunter Biden, got a sweetheart deal because his name was Biden. We know that. And third, the Attorney General of the United States of America, Merrick Garland, is as corrupt as the day is long. And he owes every single one of us some sort of explanation as to why This investigation, A, has taken the length of time that it has taken, and why, B, it seems to have been sabotaged from within, from the beginning. I mean, Merrick Garland, can you imagine having to look at yourself in the mirror, standing before God Almighty and the American people, and maintaining that the Hunter Biden investigation was done with independence and integrity. That's what he says. You kiss your mama with that mouth? So 
for those who perhaps missed it, maybe you're on a boat somewhere, just as a recap opportunity, because it it merits repeat after repeat after repeat until we drive it home, until the American people understand the nature of this political scandal. Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States of America, was using his power and influence to enrich his family, his brother and his son in particular. The two FBI whistleblowers, one, an agent, Gary Shapley, and Biden investigation main case agent, Joe Ziegler, began cooperating with the House Ways and Means Committee several weeks ago. Now, one, Gary uh, Shapley went public months ago. He went public um, May, end of May, early June. Joseph Ziegler, however had not been publicly identified until this past week. The agents, now reading from the National Review article recounting the events, the agents recounted being blocked every, at every turn by the Justice Department and by the prosecutors as they tried to go about routine steps that investigators would take in any case, or at very least any case not involving politically connected suspects. The investigation was then slow-walked by prosecutors from the office of Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, to whom the case was assigned in 2018. Garland and congressional Democrats love to brand Weiss. Oh, he's a Trump appointee. He's a Trump appointee. Trump, Trump, Trump. That's Garland's rationalization for not appointing a special counsel because, well, this guy's a Trump guy. Well, as National Review notes, what's conveniently omitted from this version of the story is the fact that Weiss could not have been confirmed absent the support of Delaware's two senators, both of whom are Democrats, Tom Carper and Chris Coons. Weiss reports to Garland, and Garland finalizes all decisions because the Hunter Biden case is a tax matter. The DOJ rules dictate that any tax changes must be approved by main justice. What is main justice? M-A-I-N justice. Not the state, the concept. Main justice is Merrick Garland. So Weiss slow walked the case using the 2020 presidential campaign as an excuse to instruct the IRS and the FBI agents on the case not to take any measure that might call attention to the investigation. They didn't want to, quote-unquote, influence the election. And after Biden was elected, Shapley and uh, and, uh, Ziegler recalled being undermined in attempting to uncover more evidence. The day before they planned to conduct interviews of Hunter Biden and other subjects, the FBI alerted the Secret Service that tipped off the Biden transition team. And as a result, lawyers for Hunter and other subjects refused to speak to the IRS. They clammed up in connection with interviews that were later planned, the lead prosecutor from Weiss's office, Leslie Wolf, forbade them from pursuing investigative leads that could potentially connect the president himself to the Biden family business. In 2019, the FBI obtained Hunter Biden's laptop, teeming with data about all of this, about all of the foreign transactions and Joe Biden's potential connections to all of them. Yet, Weiss's office denied the FBI, or rather the IRS agents, access to the evidence. Why don't you think about this for a moment? In plain English, you had an investigative team looking into Hunter Biden's business dealings and tax information. 
and they were denied an opportunity to examine a laptop that belonged to Hunter Biden that had business and tax information on it. You know, amongst all the pornography. And yet the American people are to believe that none of this was corrupt. Every bit of it was corrupt. In early September 2020, Leslie Wolf, prosecutor from Weiss's office once again, denied the IRS access to the laptop. In in September, uh, that was in uh, 2019, pardon me. In September of 2020, Wolf agreed with the agents that there was more than enough probable cause to support a warrant to search a guest house at the Biden's Wilmington residence where Hunter Biden was living. I'll tell you what happened with that in just a moment. Take your telephone calls on this. Am I right or am I wrong? Tell me of a political scandal in American history that is greater than this one. You have a president of the United States that as vice president shook down a foreign country for $10 million. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Matt Murphy in for Eric and Gary on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. All across America, Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Would love to hear from you. Oh, we're going to get into the current vice president of the United States of America at some point in the proceedings this evening. And you won't believe what she had to say over the weekend. I've done a deep dive into her accusations of Florida racism within their school system. I'll tell you my findings coming up. In the next 30 minutes or so. In the meantime, discussing what I believe to be the greatest political scandal, the greatest example of political corruption in American history. I mean, we thought the Clintons were good at this. And they were. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were. The Clinton Foundation was a total money scrub. But this, ah, it takes the cake. The accusations are simple that Hunter Biden got a sweetheart deal because of his family name. And that sweetheart deal involved, I mean, everything involving that sweetheart deal for tax evasion was all about the monies collected by Hunter and Joe and Jim during the time that Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. And now these claims of autonomy for Mr. Weiss as the final decision-maker on whether or not charges should be filed against against Hunter Biden, we're learning that it's just a crock. It just wasn't true. And thank you to these two whistleblowers for coming coming forward, Chapley and and Ziegler. They are two of the more experienced IRS agents, despite what was placed on their plate, they built a case against Hunter Biden, despite the fact that they were blocked at every turn. Even with limited evidence, according to Ziegler from last week, they showed that Hunter Biden had evaded roughly $2.2 million in taxes on $8.3 million in foreign income between 2014 and 2019. The agents and the lawyers for the DOJ tax division and Weiss's office all agreed that this was a felony prosecution. 
However, last week, Shapley testified, for those who missed it, that a meeting with top investigators on the case at which Weiss conceded that he was not the final decision maker on any of this, despite the fact that publicly he has said that he was. Well, he's changed his tune since these two came forward. Delaware was not the place to file these charges. They could only be indicted in Washington, D.C. for tax years 2014 and 2015 and California for the rest of the time. Weiss explained to the agents that he had asked justice to give him special counsel authority so he could file the charges. And he had been told no. In other words, Merrick Garland blocked Weiss's ability to file the charges himself. He did so through a man by the name of Matthew Graves, who was the Biden-appointed U.S. attorney at the time. Now, I know that this is a lot to follow, but that's the point. They make it so underhanded and swampy and deceitful and difficult to follow. I mean, like the uh, like the head of Burisma said, a man whose name I cannot pronounce, said about the tax, or rather about the monies that he had to pay the Biden family as a bribe to get the special prosecutor in Ukraine fired so they would stop looking into Burisma. The Burisma CEO said it'll take you 10 years to uncover that money. And that's the point. So... The 2014 and 2015 tax years included that money, the undeclared income from his time at the corrupt Ukrainian energy company Burisma. And according to information provided to the FBI by an informant to Chuck Grasley, after speaking with then-Vice President Joe Biden and his son, the Burisma founder placed Hunter on the company's board, paid him over $80,000 a month, a rate that reportedly was roughly halved once Joe Biden was no longer vice president. The informant then added that the CEO of Burisma told him he had paid then-Vice President Joe Biden and his son a combined $10 million in bribe money to use Biden's influence on Burisma's behalf. This is the uh, famous quote by Joe Biden where, you know, I told him I'll get on a plane. And then you're not getting the money. You're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire this guy. Bragged about it. And wouldn't you know it, SOB fired the guy. He's bragging about, oh, conveniently omitting the fact that he got all of the money. So am I wrong in my estimation that this is the greatest political scandal in American history? I certainly can't think of one greater. We'll get your thoughts on it coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'm on record I do not believe that Joe Biden will be the 2024 presidential nominee for the Democrat Party for a number of reasons. Obviously, his age and infirmity, but perhaps more importantly, this, the fact that we are closer than you think to busting this story wide open. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. It is Red Eye Radio. From the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. Thank you much, Mr. Big Voice Guy. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. Our telephone number is Matt Murphy. In for Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio all across America. We'll jump on the phones momentarily. I've made the case that I believe what we know now 
regarding the Biden crime family syndicate makes this the biggest political scandal in American history. A sitting vice president of the United States took bribe money, according to testimony provided. The accusation, and it is an accusation, everybody deserves a day in court, I suppose, but the latest FBI documents released by congressional Republicans indicate that a confidential source alleges a criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden and a Ukrainian business executive that at least Newt Gingrich believes, as he was on Fox News recently, that even the New York Times and the Washington Post are eventually going to have to start reporting on. I mean, Joe Biden said in 2018, I, he admitted it. I looked at them. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bleep, he got fired. Ah, ha, ha. Everybody laughed. Thought it was great. Thought it was funny. Oh, look at him. Look at him working it. What he did not mention is that as a result of those efforts, reportedly, per this confidential source, Joe Biden got five mil and Hunter Biden got five mil and Hunter Biden got a cushy $80,000 a month job on the border of Burisma. Once again, we know these things. What are we going to do about these things? And I think that's exactly why Nathan is calling out of Phoenix. Nathan, thank you for calling Red Eye Radio. Hello. Hello, Matt. Uh, I'd have to call up and, uh, you know, make my voice. Uh, sadly, I disagree with you um, about the biggest story here in, I guess, America's history. Um, it's probably the one that we haven't heard of. The big old cover-up that's happened many more, many, many times in this country that you just don't get to hear about. But sadly, the Bidens, this is the same old thing. It's hard listening to all this stuff over and over because it feels like uh, this thing uh, about Donald Trump for you for the last four or five years that they're blaming him for stuff or Hillary Clinton. And none of them will go to jail. And none of them will get their money taken away either by the government. And it's it feels like it's just election time, and they're just playing politics as usual, just scoring points on some wall, saying, I got you last night, I got you last week. It just goes on and on and on. I feel like I'm a, a, a grown-up. Uh, back when I was I feeling like like when I when I was a little kid and when I was about eight years old and I used to have to suffer every uh, Thursday night watching uh, Dallas, the nighttime uh, soap opera. I used to hate it, but I'd still stick around because there was nothing else to watch. You only had wait a minute, TV. wait a minute, Nathan. Your mama yeah. made you watch Dallas too. Yep, that's my mama it. made me. And, watch and, I, and half the time, you know, we were watching it just to admire wealth. But the point is, though, uh, it's just incredibly. So uh, you believe this is just all, all, all sound and fury, and it will ultimately signify nothing. You, you don't believe that this yeah, is going anywhere. Bells and whistles. There's a lot. There's, there's two different justices. This just us, and then there's Washington. Well, do you believe? Well, let, let me want. let me try to let me try to get to your point, though. Do you believe? Do you believe that all of this is true? Well, do you do you do you believe, believe in the veracity true. of it? Uh, you just believe no. that the Biden family is so insulated and the deep state goes so far and is so corrupt that they will never face justice. Yes, you know I I well Nathan you're not I fight that belief 
my, my suggestion that this is the greatest political corruption scandal in the history of the United States of America um, does not mean that I think that ultimately those responsible for it will face justice. I'm fearful that unless unless we continue to bring this story to the forefront, the reason that you feel like you're watching Dallas over and over again is because I'm going to talk about it for as long as they let me to make sure that as many people are aware of this as possible so that we might see justice. That That's the point for bringing it up. I don't suggest that I'm 100% that the people responsible for this scandal will actually see justice. As a matter of fact, you illustrate several examples of why they might not. I mean, Hillary Clinton was corrupt as hell. Nothing. Nothing. Well, so past yeah, the re, re, I mean, in, in, other, in other words, and I'll let you finish. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Recent past history indicates that you might be right, Nathan, and I hope you're not. Okay. Well, let me say, when I mentioned Hillary Clinton, uh, those are just the, 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 the big cases. There's a whole bunch of other ones that you can go down the line. But whenever I'm, uh, let me see here, I lost my, my frame of thought, is um, whenever, whenever you talk about the biggest things that have happened, that happened in this country over the years, I could throw off bigger things, but you know what? They're in the boat of conspiracies because that's what this, uh, I guess, this, news or who government wants to everything that's just a little too nasty they throw it in the conspiracy boat and well but that that is is where well i mean you know what i i could go down a rabbit hole regarding these conspiracies too and how sometimes conspiracies turn out to be absolutely truthful but the the difference in this case and some of those others that you kind of reference um we're seeing an evidence trail and well, how come, it, how come it took up took this long? Well, even when Donald Trump was in office, well, but I remember Nathan, all I just, this stuff with Joe Biden. Well, you, you, I just told you. I mean, I just related why it's why it's taken this long to get to here. And it, and thank you, Nathan, for the call. It's because the, the Merrick Garland has slow walked the case, and the FBI has become a corrupted organization. The Department of Justice has become partisan in its nature. Even before Joe Biden became president of the United States, the FBI and the IRS were slow walking these issues because they've picked a side. I'm on record as telling you that while I have all the respect in the world for the individual field agents that are working tirelessly to do the right thing through the Federal Bureau of Investigation, that as an organization, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has to be destroyed and rebuilt. I understand its useful purpose, but the Federal Bureau of Investigation walks this dangerous fine line of going after our civil liberties and extending itself beyond its constitutional responsibility or constitutional authority. And for that reason, it has to be the most uncorruptible organization in America. And sadly, it has never lived up to that. Has to be destroyed, dismantled and rebuilt. In order to regain any symbol, you can't call it the FBI anymore. I feel, I feel that, I feel the same way about the FBI as I do about Bud Light. You'll never return to glory unless you call it something else, right? The stigma applied to the name, in and of itself, destroys trust and confidence in the brand. 
And the, the FBI slow walked this before Biden was president. And once Biden became president, Merrick Garland was not going to allow it to see the light of day. Now, the evidence was overwhelming to the point that they had to pin something on Hunter. But they, look, look at what they gave him, misdemeanors. It's absurd. Scott's been holding for a while. We're talking a number of subjects to include Jason Aldean and other things. We were discussing that earlier. And Scott's calling from Alabama. Scott, welcome to Red Eye Radio. Hi, man. Thanks for taking my call. You got serious on me and changed up the subject. Um, as far as Jason Aldean, one of the funniest things I had seen on social media was, if you're offended by Jason Aldean, I would like to introduce you to David Allen Coe. Some <laughs> of your listeners may not get that, but a lot of your over-the-road drivers will oh, get that. I and get if it. If you don't get it, look it up and have fun with that one, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey uh, uh, Scott, I'll say this. I asked my grandmother one uh, one day, what what the song Divers Do It Deeper meant. And um, <laughs> that's when she took the David Allen Coe records and kind of put them somewhere where the, where the little pitchers couldn't see it, you know? I mean, yeah, that, you, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, David Allen Coe was the, uh, was the original. And, uh, uh, you know, some of his stuff obviously is a little off color and some of his stuff um, would never fly in today's society. And, and some of it was out and out. Racist. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you're right. There was a time when we could simply agree to disagree and move on, especially when it comes to artistic expression. Now, I'm going to surprise some people later on uh, uh, during the show when I defend the Barbie movie, a Barbie movie that I've not seen, mind you. But I hear a lot of people complaining about the Barbie movie because it wasn't the movie that they wanted it to be, to which I say, well, then you need to make your own Barbie movie. They made the Barbie movie that they wanted to make. I am very much interested in seeing the Oppenheimer film, though, which apparently made Buku Buck, uh, made some bankroll over its first opening weekend. 86690-RED-EYE is the number, 86690-RED-EYE, discussing the Biden criminal family and whether or not it is the largest criminal activity political criminal activity in america's history rose is next up and wants to comment on the biden family and whether or not they'll ever get uh, uh get called out on their corruption hey rose thank you for calling how are you oh we're doing quite well this evening how's yourself i'm well i'm well what's on your mind well <laughs> the gentleman not that you just spoke to the gentleman before I'd like to know, is he feeble-minded, or what is his issue that he thinks that the government is, one, so clean, two, this is not an election fraud to de, to, I don't know, escape to whatever the issues are going on. He's crooked as the day is long. This is not a scam. He's taken money for years. It's getting to be proven. I believe he was actually probably on the take when he's a senator. And I, be, I truly believe that once the digging keeps going, if we can actually, as Republicans, take the Senate and dig a little deeper, you're going to find that he's not the only one. I personally believe Pelosi was in on it. I mean, when Mr. Trump said the swamp goes deep, I think he insulted a swamp. A swamp is an, e an ecosystem that has a purpose. I think this is a crap-filled sewer. 
Well, and I think the difference between it and Rosa, it's a fabulous call, and thank you for making it. I appreciate you, and I hope you have a good evening. I've got a scoot, though. I think the difference between Rose's position and the previous caller is you're not that far off. I don't think the previous caller was suggesting there wasn't corruption going on. I think the previous caller believed that. I've heard this take far too many times for it to slip by me. They just don't have faith that the system is set up to go after Democrats. Democrats have created so many loopholes and fail-safes within the system that a lot of people have given up on the idea of equal justice. And the sweetheart deal received by Hunter Biden is just another example of a two-tier justice system. So I, I think the previous caller agrees with us, Rose, that the Biden crime family is just to that. It is operating independent of the laws of the United States of America for the purpose of enriching the family Biden. You believe, and I have hope as well, I choose to be optimistic that we've not gotten so far gone that the evidence will rule the day. And that even the corrupt mainstream media, which I believe to be the greatest impediment and enemy to the truth in the United States of America today, even the mainstream media will have to eventually latch on to it. Thank you, Rose, for the call. It's 48 minutes after the hour, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Matt Murphy in for Eric and Gary on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Across America, Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy, enjoying my time with you in the absence of Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Never you fear, Eric and Gary back tomorrow, Monday night and to Tuesday morning. And you can uh, find me uh, typically noon to three on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And I would love it. Absolutely love it. You would do me an honor if you would uh, slide over to Twitter if you happen to be Twitter active. And join me at Matt Murphy Show. You can also find me on Facebook and other social media platforms. Just uh, type in Matt Murphy Nashville. Should get you right there. And you can go to 997WTN.com. Find out more information about yours truly noon to 3, Monday through Friday on Supertalk 99.7. Uh, when we return, Kamala Harris has spoken out forcefully. You know, some Democrats are wondering, where's Kamala and why is she not speaking out on some of these matters? Why is she hiding? Well... I think she's hiding because Kamala Harris is not very, um, she's not very bright. And I, I don't say that. I, I take no enjoyment out of it. It's an observation. Uh, the woman loves Venn diagrams, for goodness sake, and she will tell you so. She speaks in word salads that mean nothing. And trust me, I'm a guy that talks word salads for a living. I make a tidy amount of money coming up with pretty good word salads. And Kamala's not very good at it. We'll tell you what her latest is and then get to the truth because I actually did a little research into Florida educational opportunities with regard to slavery and what is being taught in Florida schools. We'll talk about that next. Get your telephone calls in here on the Joe Biden crime corruption family as well. It is Red Eye Radio all across America. Matt Murphy and for Gary and Eric. Back in a moment. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America, Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy and for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Thank you for being with us. Your time is so valuable. You spend a little time with us, and I do appreciate that. I also appreciate so much participation on the phone lines, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. If you care to opine and turn a monologue into a dialogue, always fun uh, to do that. Matt Murphy, uh, in until, uh, well, until tomorrow, uh, Gary and Eric will be back then. Uh, and, oh, by the way, if you want to follow me on social media, I'd love for you to do so, at Matt Murphy Show on Twitter or what is soon to be called X. And I had to look this up. That's how much of a dork I am. But I suppose what Elon Musk is trying to do, if you've not heard, he's rebranding the social media platform Twitter with an X. One would assume that he's completely rebranding it to the point that it will not be known as Twitter any longer. And I, I suppose this is an effort for him to universally brand all of his products. I mean, he has SpaceX. And so this would just be EarthX or whatever it is you want to call it one way or the other follow us at matt murphy show i promise we have fun uh over there as much fun as we have uh talking on the radio on a day-to-day basis from noon until three i'm based in nashville tennessee on super talk 99.7 wtn i would note i've been in nashville almost two years now and had such a great time at super talk 99.7 wtn prior to nashville for about 20 years i was in birmingham alabama And a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama, has been making national headlines. If you've not seen the story about Carly Russell, or if you've not read the story about Carly Russell, or if you've not heard the story of Carly Russell, you want to tune in. You want to hang in and tune in for this story. It is one of the weirdest stories I've ever covered in 23 years of doing this. It involves a fictional baby. It involves fake hair, um, a late-night trip to Target for Cheez-Its. A, a reported abduction in an 18-wheeler that authorities now believe never actually happened. It is juicy and delicious, and we'll have it for you before the show ends. Um, sadly, I cannot say the same about the next story. I, I'm going to get to this and then to your telephone calls regarding uh, Joe Biden because all of these things are interlinked. What The legacy that Donald Trump will leave us if he never serves as president of the United States for another day. Now, Obviously, Donald Trump is the front runner in the Republican Party primary. Obviously, Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice, they are doing everything in their power through the corrupt Jack Smith in an effort to prevent Donald Trump from being able to run as his chief political rival. Yes, this is activity that normally is reserved to third world countries or banana republics, but it's happening right here in the United States where the chief political rival of the sitting president of the United States of America is being attacked by that man's Department of Justice, uh, essentially during a presidential campaign. But if Donald Trump never serves another day in office, his legacy is secure. And his primary legacy, not just his time in office trying to, quote, make America better, not his border policy, although that was pretty good, deregulation of business, getting the engine of the free market working again. That was pretty good as well. I mean, Donald Trump did a lot of good things, none more important than his three-person nominations uh, to the United States Supreme Court, the three nominees to the United States Supreme Court. 
have and will fundamentally bring America back to its balance of power and bring us back to a semblance of, dare I say, normalcy over the next 30 or 40 years. And no political entity knows this any better than elitist, leftist, pointy-headed government bureaucrats who can't stand it. And Joe Biden found a friend in two of these individuals in our university systems. According to two professors of constitutional law, and as I like to say in my normal show, I regularly say, I promise you, I'm not making this up. It sounds like I'm making this up. I'm not making this up. Two law professors, one at Harvard and other, one other at San Francisco State University. One is a law professor, Mark Tushnet, another a political scientist, Aaron Belkin. They have penned an open letter to the Biden administration on popular constitutionalism. Remember that phrase. Liberals love to rebrand things and make it more palatable to their sheep. An open letter to the Biden administration on popular constitutionalism. It is a response to what Biden has called a not normal court following several high profile cases that the court decided on that did not go the leftist's way. In their open letter, they write, we urge President Biden to restrain MAGA justices immediately by announcing that if and when they use issue rulings that are based on gravely mistaken interpretations of the Constitution that undermine our most fundamental commitments, the administration will be guided by its own constitutional interpretations. You hear what they said there? The letter continued. We have worked diligently over the past five years to advocate Supreme Court expansion, you know, court packing, as a necessary strategy for restoring democracy. We're not a democracy. Well, we're a democracy in the sense that there are two types, indirect and direct. We're an indirect democracy or more commonly referred to as a constitutional republic. But I digress. They continue. Although we continue to explore, uh, support court expansion, the threat that MAGA justices pose is so extreme that reforms that do not require constitutional approval are needed at this time, and advocates and expert, uh, experts should encourage President Biden to take immediate action to limit the damage. Tushnet and Belkin cited a solution called popular constitutionalism and said quote courts do not exercise exclusive authority over constitutional meaning they then theorized that biden could explain how the supreme court's decisions are quote egregiously wrong and offer an alternative constitutional interpretation particular if the ruling poses a quote grave threat and then they say this in this particular historical moment MAGA justices pose a grave threat to our most fundamental commitments because they rule consistently to undermine democracy and curtail fundamental rights. And many of their rulings are based on misleading and untrue claims. What does all of this mean? You have law professors at our nation's institutions of higher learning suggesting that it is permissible for the 
executive branch of government, and more specifically, the president of the United States of America, to simply ignore the Supreme Court. So their suggestion is that the next time he gets a ruling unfavorable to him, just ignore it. Now, Andrew Jackson once infamously said that if the Supreme Court wanted uh, to back up their decision-making, that they could use their army to back it up. I'm paraphrasing him. But even Andrew Jackson did not go so far as to actually do what he claimed he was going to do, and that is ignore a Supreme Court ruling. It is obviously unconstitutional for them to do this. The openness of the suggestion is fascinating to me. It was equally fascinating to Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley, I'm on record, as I believe Jonathan Turley is one of the smartest individuals involved in politics writing and speaking out today. You can often see him on Fox News. He writes for a variety of publications, including The Hill. You can go to thehill.com to see this piece that I referenced in which he responded to this suggestion by this law professor and this political scientist that it is permissible for the president of the United States simply to ignore Supreme Court rulings. And what they call popular constitutionalism is actually a dictatorship. I said at the beginning of the show, watch Democrats, watch these leftists, because that which they publicly claim to hate, they will privately engage in with regularity. They claim that they are against authoritarianism. They claim that they fight against the concepts of dictatorship or tyranny. Yet every day they walk us toward more centralized control and, yes, more tyranny. And this is just an example of it. So Turley has written in, he starts his piece in The Hill, I shall resist any illegal federal court order. When the court's interpretation of the Constitution is egregiously wrong, the president should refuse to follow it. And then he says, those two statements were made roughly 60 years apart. The first from segregationist Alabama Governor George Wallace, Democrat. The second by two liberal professors this month. And then he says, and I agree, in one of the more chilling developments in our history, the left has come to embrace authoritarian language and logic of segregationists in calling for radical measures against the Supreme Court. Unbelievably, they're serious about this. They think the president should ignore the courts. That would create a constitutional crisis unparalleled in American history and truly signal that Democrats are invested in turning us into a centralized dictatorship. Turley goes on to say, so despite referenda and polls showing majority support, for example, for barring race in admissions, academics are pushing to impose their own values regardless of the views of the public or of the courts. If these measures were popular, it would not make them right. It is precisely what segregationists have argued for years, such as Senator James Eastland, Democrat, Mississippi, argued that, quote, all the people of the South are in favor of segregation and the Supreme Court or no Supreme Court, we're going to maintain segregated schools. That was their argument then. Democrats are taking up the argument of 1950s segregationists saying that the executive branch of government 
and by extension the states, should ignore the United States Supreme Court because they don't like the outcome. They're like children when they don't like the outcome of a situation. Your thoughts on this, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Matt Murphy in for Gary, in for Eric on Red Eye Radio. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. Due to safety concerns, many motor carriers have policies that limit or prohibit the use of cruise control. If your motor carrier does allow you to use cruise control, you should only use it in good driving conditions, during daylight hours, and on roads that have light traffic, few curves or hills, and a consistent speed limit. Never use cruise control when operating in adverse driving conditions, including wet, icy, or slippery roads, during rush hour in heavy traffic or on congested highways, at night, or when you're tired or fatigued. During all of these driving scenarios, you want to be controlling and adjusting your speed as you drive instead of having to suddenly brake if you encounter an obstacle. In the case of a slippery road surface, you want to be able to slow your vehicle by not accelerating instead of using the brakes whenever possible. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Radio 86690 Red Eye is the telephone number. If you care to opine, turn a monologue into a dialogue. My name is Matt Murphy. I'm the monologuist. Uh, I'm in for Gary and Eric, uh, and I so appreciate them giving me the opportunity to speak with you tonight. Talking about Joe Biden and his defiance of the United States Supreme Court and the legacy uh, that Donald Trump has left with said court. Two law professors are suggesting that Joe Biden should just ignore the courts. That it's not a normal court. So, you know, Joe Biden's idea of what a normal court is appears to be a court that always agrees with him, that agrees with his fluid view of the Constitution. For example, that he can unilaterally give a half a trillion dollars of loan forgiveness or impose a national eviction moratorium without a vote of Congress, something that he obviously doesn't have the ability to do. I've said my piece. What say you? 86690-RED-EYE. We will start with Stu in Pennsylvania. Stu, thanks for the call. How are you? Good, good morning, Matt. Uh, and good morning, Stu. Good morning up there. Yes, sir. Well, what I believe you're seeing is uh, the Biden crime family is only the part of the iceberg that's sticking up above the water. Um There's a massive amount of iceberg underneath that swamp underneath that water and i can tell you i've had uh different occasions where i've run across fbi and they've acted uh, in a manner that would make somebody say what in the heck is going on and for instance 9-11 when i called them and told them what i saw they asked me who the hell i thought i was investigating it all right. Now, that was just 9-11. They tried to intimidate me. That's part of the iceberg. You go from that dot, and I know this is going to sound crazy to some people, but some of the events that have happened in this country, red flag psyops, are part of the iceberg, and there's an agenda to 
let's say, take this country and make it totally defenseless. You can look it up with the UN where there's a plan to, to take all weapons away in this country. Uh, that was put out by Kennedy in 1963. Um, now, I'm going to jump around a little bit, and it's going to sound crazy to most people because most people don't research and don't look into this. Stu, 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 let, let's, focus on, let's focus on one concept that you're addressing here because we can't get into too many things. I've got way too many people. So do you believe that we will drain the swamp and see the iceberg? Do you think the corruption runs too deep? Yes or no? I think it runs just around the planet. Well, I, here's what I would say, and thank you for the call, uh, Stu. Um, I understand more now than ever in the aftermath of COVID-19, especially COVID-19, in the aftermath of the 2020 election cycle, I understand now more than ever why individuals believe that the system is so corrupted that there's no salvation. But if I believe that, if there if there comes a time where I believe that we cannot awake enough Americans up to what's going on, that we can turn this huge ship of state around, then I have to go find something else to do. I'm not going to discuss something every night that I truly believe is beyond salvation or repair. Now, Stu, I don't want you to go find something else to do. I don't, I don't suggest that I'm putting these thoughts inside of your head, but I would say that if you truly believe we're too far gone, then what are you doing here? I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not attacking you. I just, what are you doing here? Let's uh, talk to Patricia in Washington, D.C. Patricia, thank you for your call. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. But uh, it's not just the obstacles of the swamp making the Biden scandal more complicated to the public. It's the media is the worst scandal. I live in Washington, D.C., and I get the Post every day and the Washington Times. And not one word in the Post from those IRS hearings last week. In fact, they're pretty silent on all the Biden stuff. But if people like you and then the 118th Congress Republican investigators and conservative radio everywhere, print, whatever, if you make it big enough, they will have to address it. Well, it's what we try to do is you you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and add to the story as evidence presents itself to the point that it becomes an explosive enough thing that the political left believes that they have to ditch Biden. And that's the key is when when does it come such a time where those in charge of those media organizations, which I believe the media is the number one enemy of our our representative republic. I, I believe that, Patricia. Even I know what the Democrats are. I understand that a snake's going to be a snake. A shark is going to be a shark. The media's deception for the American people is unrivaled in our country right now. More calls coming up. It is Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric.
Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. Indeed, thank you, Mr. Big Voice. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-90-RED-EYE is the telephone number. Matt Murphy in for Eric and Gary. And thank those guys so much. And Brian back at home base. Uh, for allowing me to be a part of your evening or morning, as the case may be. Normally, you can hear me from noon until 3 on Supertalk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, Tennessee. You can check out my show at 997WTN.com, 997WTN.com, or by all means, follow me on social media. Primary place that I'm at on social media is the uh, is the social media website formerly known as Twitter, which is apparently now known as X. I don't know if that's what we're calling it, but Elon Musk is doing something funky over there. And, and get, look, I don't doubt Elon's ability to take um, chicken you-know-what and make chicken salad out of it. So that's what he's been trying to do with Twitter uh, since he bought it for $44 billion. So uh, we'll see uh, what the next steps are. But we'd love to hear from you about uh, the corrupted Biden administration. I believe that the scandal that we're watching play out before our very eyes is the biggest political scandal in the history of the United States of America. I don't say that lightly. I know that there have been plenty of political scandals exposed. And I believe this one to be the – and not just the Watergate stuff. I mean, I'm talking all of it. I believe this to be bigger than any of that. And we have evidence and a trail of provable events that would indicate that the sitting vice president of the United States sold out this country for money for his family, money for his family. Now, I'm on record as saying, and and I'd love to hear from you guys and see where you are on this, that I do not believe that Joe Biden will be able to either physically, mentally, or politically make it to the Democrat primary nomination in 2024. I mean, we could go any angle you want on this. I mean, from a physical and mental standpoint, the evidence is abundant that Joe Biden is in the midst of at least early onset dementia. And that's sad. It, 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 is, it is a sad thing to realize as much as he blunders. Consider this for a moment, okay? As much as Joe Biden blunders, as much as he falls off his cracker, I mean, remember last week in Sloppy Joe's terrible, awful week of terrible, awful things? He all he, he lost his mind during a sit-down with the president of Israel to the point that the president of Israel looked visibly concerned. You know, Joe Biden's sitting there and he's talking and they've always supported Israel and and she's just starts and he did it's like he was falling asleep. Understand, when you see a blunder like that, everyone handling Joe Biden knows when he's going to be in public. All of the people surrounding the president of the United States of America, everything they do on a daily basis is to get him ready for the five minutes that we see him in public or the 10 minutes or sometimes 15 total minutes of public time. Not necessarily just being in public, walking from the White House to Marine One or going from here to there and answering a few questions or making a few public statements that. That is the best that he's going to be that day. The best that the president of the United States is going to be 
the five or so minutes, and he can't manage to get through those five minutes without a slip-up or a bumble. Not only is it embarrassing, it is scary. With that in mind, and with the political scandal hanging over the Biden crime syndicate family, I do not believe for a moment that the the left will will give him a pass. They will give him grace until such time as they believe they have to throw him over the bo- uh, uh, off, off the boat, and they will. Oh, they'll eat their own if they think that their power, their desire for power, money, and and corruption is going to be exposed. It may have already happened, but for Kamala Harris. The Democrats have a major Kamala Harris problem. In as much as she's not much better than Joe Biden, and at least Joe Biden has an excuse given his age and infirmity. Kamala Harris is just not a very... She's not a compelling person. She's not a likable person. And she doesn't seem to be very politically smart. She speaks in word salads. I'll give you a great example of her lack of political acuity in just a moment. The latest comes from the state of Florida where Kamala believes like she's well positioned to go after Ron DeSantis and all Republicans as being abject racists based on how they're teaching history in the state of Florida. More on that coming up. Vicki is next up on Red Eye Radio out of Missouri. Vicki, thank you for your call and thank you for your patience. You're welcome, Matt. I'd like to start this with something else. Okay. Hello. Hello. I'm 82, I'm 82 years old. And I still can put a sentence together. Well, I can hear that, Miss Vicki. Okay. Well, yes, I'm looking at I'm looking at some news I heard. If you go back 10, 20 years, Joe Biden has been carrying the water for the FBI and the CIA for all those years. If they needed raises, he got them raises. If they needed cars, he got them cars. Whatever they needed, he was there to help. And I believe they, he's just calling in his chips. I mean, it may be the case. Uh, Joe Biden is a bureaucrat through and through. He's a leftist bureaucrat, obviously, but a bureaucrat nonetheless. And and you, you see this in some Republicans, but more so in the Democrat Party, where they get to Washington, D.C., they become Washingtonized and they become creatures of the system. And if anything, they're going to defend the, they're going to defend that system that they're creatures of. But the FBI and the CIA They've changed over the years, and and they've kind of picked sides when it comes to partisan politics, which is, which is frightening considering the amount of power that they have to potentially abuse. I give you that, but he has been on the committee or the head of the committee that deals with the FBI and the CIA for years. Do you think, Ms. Well, I was going to ask you this question. Do you think that he has... I mean, do you think he's got the goods on these organizations and that's why they're bowing before him like they do? I don't know, but uh, they know a lot of stuff that nobody else knows. Well, that's true. I mean, it might be it might I mean, it might be as simple as and thank you, Ms. Vicky, for the call. And God bless you. You are far more cogent, reasonable and well-spoken than Joe Biden really ever was. But certainly than he is now. And I appreciate your call from Missouri.
So maybe it's a, a bit of mutual, mutually assured destruction, like we talked about back in the 1980s between the Soviet Union and the United States of America regarding our nuclear program. You know, Joe Biden's got some dirt on the FBI. The FBI's got some dirt on Joe Biden, so they just uh, choose to support one another so as not to blow each other up. I don't know that I buy that Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden is a bureaucratic creature, and so naturally he's going to want to see. The, the, the nature of government is to grow. And one of the things conservative-minded individuals in D.C. have going against them, and there are a lot of Republicans in Washington, D.C., and not so many conservatives. Far more Republicans than conservatives in Washington. There is a very important difference. And far too few politicians are willing to publicly discuss shrinking the government. It is the nature of government to grow beyond its constitutional duty, responsibility, or role, really. And Democrats embrace that. I mean, they go all in on it. Republicans have given at least lip service to holding the line against government growth over the past 30 years. But sadly, in 2023, today's, and it's sad that I've been saying this as long as I have been, for 20 years I've been saying today's Republicans are yesterday's Democrats. Today's Republicans are yesterday's Democrats, and today's Democrats are yesterday's socialists. That's why I don't identify with the Republican Party. Never have. Because far too many Republicans, even those that we appreciate, they they don't want or they seem, based on their policies, not to want to blanch the growth of government. I mean, for everything good that Donald Trump did, he grew government. And some would point to COVID, rightly so. You had to respond to it. But it was government growth nonetheless. So, Ms. Vicky, I would think it would be in the nature of Joe Biden to protect the FBI as such a, quote-unquote, vital component to centralized government. For me, I think the only way to – the FBI has to be destroyed. To, To get the faith of the American people back behind it, you have to blow it up and rebuild it and rebrand it. David is next in St. Louis. Hey, uh, David, how are you? Doing good, Matt. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Sir, sure. Um, I, I agree that uh, that the Biden uh, issue is as uh, corrupt as you can get. But uh, going back uh, with, with the Kennedy assassinations, both of them, Bobby and John F. Kennedy, and Westmoreland lying to LBJ and the public about getting more troops into Vietnam. This government has been going sideways for decades. And, and this latest is just more proof that, you know, Washington is corrupt as you could possibly imagine. And, it, and it's sickening. When you think about all the stuff that this Biden administration has done, his cabinet is corrupt, uh, uh, the DOJ is corrupt. IRS is, is a mess. The FBI is a mess. And the FBI really for years has been a mess, you know, going back as far as uh, Hoover. Hoover was dysfunctional. But how do you stop this stuff? You know, you know that the Bidens are corrupt, but I don't think they're ever going to be brought to justice. 
do you think they're going to be brought to justice? <sighs> it's the it's a good it's a good question, and I I would I want to believe yes I want to believe that the evidence is too great. Uh, it really depends on what you mean. And David, thank you for the call. What you mean by justice? Uh, I thought Hillary Clinton's ultimate comeuppance was not a jail cell, but the fact that she would never be president of the United States. That's far more punishment than a criminal proceeding. Joe Biden being impeached, that would that would be a version of justice. Hunter Biden seeing a jail cell, I think that needs to happen. Sadly, I waffle on this question, David. It's a difficult one for me because I want to believe that we, the American people, still have the power to affect change in this country along those lines. And that if we, the people, act in a unified voice regarding our desire to see justice served and a one-tier justice system back in favor, that we can accomplish that. But sadly, I don't know that too many people have not already checked out. We have far too much apathy in the United States of America. We need uniformity in purpose, not apathy. And so many are apathetic to what's going on before our very eyes and under our very noses that I, that I hesitate to say that justice will ultimately be served. It's Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. I've had a great time this evening. Hope you have, or this morning, I should say. Hope you have as well. 866-90-RED-EYE. If you care to opine, 866-90-RED-EYE. Normally heard on Super Talk 99.7 WTN from noon until 3. Look me up on all the socials. I'm out there for you. Coming up, Kamala Harris and her latest attack against Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida. We have the audio for you. Jamie Lee Curtis is ranting about global warming at Comic-Con. I mean, that's what you want to hear, right? If you go to Comic-Con, you want to hear an elderly Jamie Lee Curtis. By the way, Jamie Lee was very, very influential in my formative years because my grandparents got Cinemax, and I remember clandestinely viewing the film Trading Places. But be that as it may, Jamie Lee Curtis went on a rant about climate change during a recent appearance at San Diego Comic-Con declaring that human beings and the human industry is bleeping the world. We're bleeping the world, she said. There's a possibility of change, but we're going to have to do it. This was at a panel discussion discussing her book, uh, which is why she was there. She couldn't be there as a representative of the movie industry because they all those people are on strike. Uh, but she, uh, uh, Curtis, uh, delicately said that we are... I don't care what side you're on. It's happening. We are bleeping the world. There are things that we can do to try to stem the tide. Excuse the pun. Bleep is still happening, and so it absolutely feels on point right now. Well, I mean, that settles it for me. I, that turns the issue. If Jamie Lee Curtis says it's so, then it has to be true. The oddest story you'll hear today, Carly Russell. That is coming up next hour. 
on the one and only Red Eye Radio all across America. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Back in a moment. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.